Hello, and welcome back to Ask Ivy on Radio 97.5, The Teacher Talk. And here, you ask me questions and I supply you with answers. Now, unfortunately, I don't always have the answers, but thank God I am not afraid to ask. So, for those that do not know, I am a student at Virginia State University, majoring in interdisciplinary studies with a minor in community-based education. Last week, we talked about how to provide students with a culturally responsive learning environment. And today, we will discuss early childhood education. Here I have a personal favorite of mine that will be helping us along in our discussion. My former teacher from Norfolk Technical Center, a career and technology educational high school in my hometown, Norfolk, Virginia, Miss Priscilla Spencer. She is a Virginia Beach native and received her Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology with a concentration in early childhood psychology from Christopher Newport University. She then continued her studies at Regent University and received both a master's in education and educational specialist degrees. She is currently a doctoral candidate at Regent and is studying exceptional education executive leadership. Ms. Spencer has worked in early childhood education in many capacities over her professional career. She has been everything from a summer camp counselor to a high school teacher and an adjunct professor at local community college. She has vast knowledge in her field and years of experience in the early learning industry. Yay! Welcome, Ms. Spencer, and thank you for joining me today on The Teacher Talk. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much again for being with us today. And we're going to get straight on into it with question number one. We're talking about early learning, and we want to know why is early learning so important? Well, Ivy, early learning is vitally important because it sets the foundation for everything else that the child is going to do throughout the lifespan. There are experiences that occur in early, in early childhood um, in an early learning setting that really pave the way for the child's future. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, well, to follow up with that, what do children need to be learning in early childhood that is so vital and that is such a maker or breaker in their later on careers in life? Well, first of all, um, like I said, you know, early childhood and early learning experiences set the foundation for everything that the child will do in the future. So um, when we teach young children and we work with young children, we want to address all of their developmental needs. So we want to teach them everything and address everything from their cognitive development to their physical development, um, their social and emotional development, and the list goes on and on and on. Awesome. But really, we're speaking about whole child development. So we want to address every area of the child's development and growth. Gotcha. And with that being said, being that you're talking about so many different areas in a child's development, what are some problems in early childhood? And how do you think that you as an educator can help to solve them? Uh, Some of the challenges, and actually one of the main challenges that we face in early childhood education is really... um, having a highly qualified staff, a well-educated staff, a staff that has, um, you know, a depth of knowledge in child development. Um, Sometimes you will find that people working in the industry have unrealistic expectations of young children. And so, you know, just having, having the knowledge 
and um, information necessary to teach children at their particular developmental level um, and address all of their needs. So that's, I would say that that's one of the biggest challenges in our industry. Okay, awesome. And so moving on also with the different learning styles that children have, mm-hmm. um, kinesthetic learners, um, visual learners, audio learners, um, things of that nature. So with all those different learning styles in one classroom, how do you best balance that? Um, in the classroom setting, first of all, I mean, you know, we did speak about assessments just a moment ago. Um, and in order to address the needs of all of the children in your care, especially young children, you will have to assess. But um, assessments don't always have to be in the form of something that's formal. Um, and so therefore, just, you know, strictly making observations, engaging with your students or the children, young children in particular, um, really getting to know them, getting to know their likes, their dislikes and their needs. You know, that's the best way um, to assess them. And also um, through those informal assessments, then we can provide them with differentiated learning experiences. So to address their particular needs. Okay, that's great. Great stuff. Are you guys hearing this? Are you guys, are you guys feeling us on the other side of the station? <laughs> I hope so. I hope we're brightening up your morning this morning. All right, so just keep the party, keeping the party rolling. What are some stimulating activities that you can do with young children? Something pretty universal for parents to do at home and that teachers can incorporate in their classrooms. Ivy, mean, that's a great question. Um, and I say that because, you know, oftentimes when we're, we are planning activities or considering things to do with young children, we, um, especially those of us who are working in the field, we, we always want to discuss uh, things that we can do in the classroom with the students, but you know, the parent is the first teacher. And so therefore, finding things that parents can do at home, um, as well as things you can do in the classroom, uh, you know, it's very, very important. Um, one thing that I often suggest as far as stimulating activities are concerned is anything, um, having to do with sensory. So things where the children are able to utilize all of their senses, they can hear things, they can touch things, they can smell things, they can taste things. So um, sensory activities are a great way to stimulate the learning um, for our young child. Okay, and so for our viewers that may not know what a sensory item um, or activity is, could you get a, a more specific example of that? Sure, so sensory activities, simply put, are activities that address um, the five senses or one or multiple of the five senses. So anything where a child can, um, often sensory activities are messy, so you know, shaving cream on the table with paint, I mean, that addresses that you know, that sense of touch and also the sense of sight. Um, They can hear as they play with the, you know, um, shaving cream on the table. I mean, you know, there are sensory bags where you can put gel and different items for them to touch and feel. Um, Science experiments where you see, you know, things change due to chemical reactions. I mean, a child is not going to be able to articulate what's happening as far as the science is concerned, but the fact that they get to see and touch and feel and smell things, those are sensory activities. Awesome. That I think that's so important, especially when thinking about um, just what's best for the child. And, and I know a lot of areas, um, especially since we've brought up the topic of parents, they're not really they don't have a great understanding that the fact that children really do learn through play. They do. They're, they learn through play. Um, you know, it's, it's a situation to where 
when we work as a team, mm. that's only going to enhance the experience for the child. Gotcha. So I'm hearing communication is key. Absolutely. For sure. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, what are what are your recommendations for communicating with young children? And that's, again, on the parent side as well as um, the teacher side. So, um, so are you asking me about communicating with the parents or with the children themselves? Um, with the parent, with, with the, with the teachers, excuse me, with the students themselves. Okay. With the children themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, I mean, of course we all, we've had the age old rule of thumb to, you know, be on the child's level, um, speak using language that children can understand, um, without minimizing what you are saying and without, um, you know, almost baby talk. So Mm -hmm. we want to talk to children um, as if they were competent people. They are competent people. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to speak to them in a language in which they can understand. And I think that's best if we want to create competent learners mm-hmm. Absolutely. and people, then that's definitely needed. Mm-hmm. All good stuff. All good stuff. And so for our parents, as well as our teachers listening in, what are some, what are the ve- developmental needs of young children? I know we've kind of touched on a few mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the other questions and things of that nature, but we we need to hone in on some certain on on some things to get these um to get their minds stimulated and more abreast and ready to come into the classroom with a a positive mindset okay so um some of the development mental needs of children i mean you know the way in in, in other words the way that we can address those developmental needs are really um using lots of language Um, lots of language, lots of literacy, you know, you want to have an environment in which children can see, you know, writing and see language, have a literacy rich environment. Um, we want to communicate with children. Um, you know, we want to respect children as competent people. Um, you know, people who are in need of a loving, caring and nurturing environment. Um, developmentally also, we want to make sure that we're addressing their social and emotional needs, um, we want to teach pro-social behaviors, you know, how to interact with other people, how to respond to, to situations um, when they do arise. Um, in addition to that, we want to really hone in on problem-solving skills, I think. Um, you know, we want to raise children to be independent thinkers, and we want them to be able to solve problems on their own. Um, and so when we communicate with children, we don't want to give them too much and take away from them thinking and solving problems on their own. Um, sometimes that's a challenge, again, for parents, especially um, of young children. You know, we want to lend them a hand if, they, if we see that they are in need, uh, but we do not want to foster an environment where they're not thinking on their own. We want them to be independent thinkers. Gotcha. And you made a, a wonderful point because we, we definitely want to remember that Everything that we are incorporating in the classroom and at home um, to for our children's minds and things like that, we want to make we want to create you know um, good students, mm-hmm. but we want to also um, we also want to empower even better citizens, mm-hmm. um, people that are going to be. We say children are the future, so we need to mean it. We need to know mm-hmm. that they're gonna. Um, we need to let them. We need to instill in them. Um, what they need so when they leave the school system and they get into their career fields and their jobs and their real world that they can um, you know operate as we would like them to and not always like how we do currently but um, 
better than us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just want to thank you so much for joining me today, Ms. Spencer. Um, thank you for having me. Wonderful, wonderful. And I want to thank all my listeners out there today for tuning in on Ask Ivy today with our teacher talk. I had my the remarkable uh, Ms. Spencer and myself. Hopefully this is not your first time tuning in, but if it was, I know it won't be your last. This is all the time that we have today. And thank you guys again for tuning in. Have a wonderful day and bye-bye.